Some claim that the age of a true gentleman is far behind us, but here at Tweet4 Media, we definitely disagree. He may appear in different guises today, but the values and ideals that make him a gent still stand. Gentlemen, aspiring gentlemen, and of course, our partners that hold us down. I'm Ron Grant. Welcome to Season 2 of The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman, a show poised to help guide modern-day men into 21st century distinguished gentlemen. Now, please don't worry. It doesn't always involve suits and bow ties, but raw real-life lessons that translate to grounded, community-minded, well-rounded men. Thank you all for taking this journey with me. You've probably heard already that life is a gamble. Well, it's true. As gentlemen, we are constantly taking risk, winning and losing. In order to experience rewards, one must put the hard work in, and a huge part of that process is making mistakes, but also having the tenacity to get up and dust yourself off, being humble enough to acknowledge that you are human, you have flaws, and not allowing those mistakes or losses to define you. My next guest is no stranger to taking huge risk. What I find pretty dope about him is his humility, grit, and all-round good character. He's good people, really, really good people. He's cool, calm, and always collected. But don't get those wires crossed because he is one of the most grounded and conscious people I know. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me is the one and only Marquise Maduro, by far one of the best and brightest of my generation. And I am honored and super proud to have him on our set today. A son of the soil, but most importantly, a true 21st century distinguished gentleman. We talk engineering, business, understanding self, and leading a generation of greatness. It's a conversation you don't want to miss. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Let's go. Viewers, welcome back. You're watching The Art of a Distinguished Gentleman. Marquise, welcome to Thanks the set. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. You have been one of the young people of our generation who every time I find myself in a conversation, your name comes up as someone who has truly, whether you know it or not, or whether it's intentional, you are an example of greatness, grit, honest, yet humble, very conscious of self and who you are. For those who might not know Marquise Maduro, uh, tell us about who you are, where you come from, who you belong to, as old people would say. <laughs> well, Maduro, so most people would, you know, figure Bargosby, which my dad is from Bargosby. So my parents are Penny and Brian Maduro. Um, as you mentioned all then when the show was starting, you know, I'm an engineer mm -hmm. by, by train. That's where I went to school to study. I studied at the University of Central Florida in Orlando, where I majored in civil engineering and environmental engineering. And how I got there was my dad is in he into heavy equipment mm -hmm. and I always wanted to be into heavy equipment. That was the one thing that I, from time I was little, I'd always had that passion. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes back to. My mom telling me, even before I could walk, sitting in my crib, you know, she would hear me start to fuss and not cry, but giggling. As a baby, you know, you making noises. And for a while, she couldn't understand. But my dad had a backhoe at the time mm -hmm. and I could hear it coming. Mm. So I had resonated the sound of the backhoe that I would soon see him. And she couldn't figure it out because she couldn't hear the backhoe as yet. Okay. And from then all the way up to school, you know, obviously my mom was a stickler for me getting good grades. Yes. But it was one of those things where I just really wanted to be in heavy equipment. And she sat me down at the and she said, nothing is wrong with heavy equipment, but you're a bright young person. How do you want to refine it? Or how do you want to capitalize on not just being like an operator or a truck driver? So I said, okay, well, maybe I'll become an engineer, getting into the mechanics behind fixing them and whatnot. And when I went to the University of Central Florida, well, I started at a community college in Orlando Forest. 
I majored in mechanical engineering. And when I got into the coursework, I didn't like it mm. at all. It was more mechanics from the standpoint of, you know, designing like robotics. And that wasn't my passion. My passion always went back to heavy equipment. Got it. So I was like, well, already having the core, because already completing our associates in engineering, where do you go from here? Because you don't want to do mechanical engineering. I got a government scholarship. And my mom was like, well, my, you know, my dad and her were obviously complementing that scholarship with rent and some other things. Yes. So I had to make some decisions and I went through the catalog and I stumbled upon civil engineering. I kind of started to look into it, which wasn't necessarily with heavy equipment, but it dealt with the project sites and, you know, having, bringing buildings together and communities together and infrastructure together. And I looked at it at the time and I was like, well, the BVI is de a developing country. Yes. So I'm like, civil engineering seems like more something I would like. So I went to the advisor and we made, made the change. And I never regretted doing that because I, as I made the change, I became so more relaxed. It more felt like cool. Yes. And then while I was studying civil engineering, I wanted to do sewage treatment, but I couldn't do it as an elective, as a civil engineer, because it wasn't offered as an elective. I had to become now an environmental engineer. So here we go again, mm -hmm. where you go back to your parents and you're like, oh, well, there's one other little thing. <laughs> And my mom was like, well, regardless of how you do it, you have until X amount of time. Okay. Meaning, you know, because I understood for how my sister was still here in school and whatnot. And I said, okay. So I added, so I became a double major. Okay. So I added the environmental engineering because I wanted to get an understanding of the sewage treatment. And then I came home at the end of 2012. And then I, I met a great group of guys at the Department of Waste Management, Greg Massacott and Anselm Myers, and I went to work for the Department of Waste Management. And I did that for two years, the different works with the incinerator, the guys cutting different recycling initiatives. And at the end of two years, it was like, well, what, you know, it's like, where do you go now? Because you, you actually now became a professional. When I came home from school, I was green. And I, you couldn't tell me then I was green, <laughs> but I was, I was green. Would you admit it now? I admit it now. And, and it comes from different life experiences in that time. But one thing I'll you know, insert the Greg Massacre, even to our delight today, I would say is one of my role models. Awesome. Even now we, we have, we do work together now and he took the time. And, you know, I admire that because there's not that much people that take the time. He took the time and not because I asked him to, it's something he saw mm -hmm. and he was like, this guy is going to be great. So he took that time and he was able to groom and show me the ropes, teach me how to be a civil servant. And even it's so weird when you ask me about the show, about the art of being a distinguished yeah. gentleman, I would say outside of my father being my main role model, Greg helped me to become awesome. that gentleman. Awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the end of two years that I decided, well, I saw an opportunity in the Ministry of Finance as a project engineer. And when I looked at it, it was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like at a grade nine, maybe, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the payment scale yeah. for being a, a civil servant. And then the project engineer post was like a grade 12. So, I mean, I could disclose that now. It's like the start pay of a grade nine before tax is like $29,000. Mm -hmm. So keeping in mind, I have two engineering degrees. I came home, I'm making $29,000. But because I was green, I felt like I was on top of the wall. Mm -hmm. But I worked for two years and it's like, I didn't feel like my life was going anywhere. I had so many things I wanted to do. I wanted to become 
Like my mom now always told me about it, but I wanted to be like how my dad was. They had built houses before they were 30. They had businesses. And, you know, the typical men of old from the generation yes. before, I still believed in that. So I still believe that, listen, I'm going to get my twins in every degrees. I gonna come home. I gonna build my house, the white picket fence, and yeah. the dog. Yes. And after three years of working, I was like five and four, nine. Yeah. Add the uh-huh. one, and something wasn't adding enough. <laughs> so anyway, so I realized then mm-hmm. is you have to be ambitious. You have to chase after. If you know you want to get there, you can just sit. So I went to Greg, being my boss, and I said, "Listen, I think this in this post interests me." And he sat and he watched me. He said. As like your mentor, I would tell you, go for it. But as your boss, it would bleed my heart because now you would want to walk away. So anyhow, I took the risk and I went, I interviewed. I interviewed her. I would want to say, well, and then I had to go to PSC, the Public Service Commission. And I always remember going back into the room. Uh, Miss Dawn Smith, I think now she's like the attorney Attorney general. General, yes. Yes. And I always have a fun admiration of her. She told me, she said, Mr. Maduro, I remember when you came to PSC for your first job. Mm-hmm. And she said, we, we realized that you were overqualified. Mm. So at that point, I sat in the room, humble, of course, because you're in front of PSC. Yes. PSC is the creme de la creme of Boy. the public service. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I sat for two years and did a job I was overqualified for. <laughs> but I never regretted it. Good. And I never condemned them for it. You know why? Because there were so many things that I learned in that two years Amazing. time with waste management that molded me for what whatever was coming. And I mean, I'm sure during this discussion, we'll get into all yep. those other things that have come. But that starting allowed me to, you know, to be humble and to understand certain things. And like I said, Greg taught me a lot of things in and out of the public service. So the price or the money that I, I may not have made then, I got it in experience. And then I might have gone some places as, as the start of my career, made the money, but never got to be refined, never got the experience. So you can't put a sticker price on that. So after I left finance now, so I did waste management two years. I did the project engineer finance for two years. And then at that point, I took a, a rotation or a secondment to the water and sewage department, but it wasn't strictly water and sewage. They had a project office at the time. And I went there like a Friday because the whole thing was they were trying to get more engineers now involved in water and sewage, involved in all the projects with the sewage. You, you have these pump stations, you have all of these things. So I went like a Friday. I think I remember going to work the Friday and then I went into work the Monday or my came the Tuesday. Interesting. And I think for six months, I pretty much, we were trying to just do all mm-hmm. what we could. You know, with the team down there at Water and Sewage and the project office, along with the power of the Ministry of Communication at Works. That's what it was at the time. Uh, we just tried to get people back water. Because, you know, in that state of disrepair, people don't yes. have phones and things. A shower became that we take so for granted. It became something that, you know, people were meeting you and hugging you if yeah, you could return their yeah, water. Yeah, because absolutely. you remember, you didn't have electricity. Some people didn't have roofs either. But a simple bath at the end of a day could make the difference Absolutely. between boy, you sitting down and crying or you dusting off and you're yeah, going the next yeah, day. Yeah. So then a day I was, I remember I was in the barber shop. So this is almost like four months into water and sewage. The place had started to, because I would want to say we were still in recovery, mm-hmm. but as resilient people, the BVI people, we were able, because I think by Christmas going into that yes, year, you're right. we had actually started to turn the collar. And I know for some people, they would be like, boy, you know what you're talking about. But just from a standpoint of, of us all working together, it wasn't as 
daunting by the Christmas. I, right. I think going into the new year and I got a call and it was like, well, the port is looking for a project manager. And I'm like, well, well, what do I do? Cause now I'm getting to the end of my rotation with the water storage department. I'm supposed to go back to finance at the time waste management that asked me because Mr. Mastercard was looking to leave and do some other things. So they were asking me if I would be willing to come back to the department. And then the port came from, I would say, Le Fille, mm -hmm. cause I didn't, I didn't, didn't see, see that, that one coming, coming at all. And they came and they said they wanted a project manager and they would like someone local and they understood that, you know, I'm in that field. Cause even though my engineer going to the project office, I more got into project management, management. and I liked it, you know, so you got comfortable. So I didn't even end up doing as much engineering by design, but more where you read plans and you put people together, you put materials together, you see projects come to fruition. So when they called and, you know, we negotiated and I, I went to work for the port and, and that was something that again, cause now it's like you're ascending. Yes. You know, so you went from where you were like an officer to a project engineer. Now you're a project manager and they asked me to look over the facilities and a lot of different things while I was there. And it was like, at some days it's like you would smile because when you started on the road, like I said, from waste management, who knew yeah. what would have yeah. came to be. And it's like to, to sit in that position and, and you're talking about tenders and you're talking about bidding. And obviously that was all pre-COVID. So there was a lot of things, the, the, the port wanted to have done and we were still they were still reeling from Alma, the port itself because western ferry terminal i was the one instrumental in the temporary facility that is there now i helped them to start the facility that they're now building in just been like and there were so many other things that when when i up to the time when i left there it was well we still are in recovery and obviously with tourism that was a whole section mm -hmm. or a whole aspect of getting into different things that i was like I didn't think about it before, but the port and what it represented was like, wow. But then certain things came to be, you know, election passed, the board changed and different things changed. My views on where I wanted to go changed. Their views as an incoming board was different. So you have, I wouldn't say like a breakdown in partnership, but it would more be a different enough opinion. Got it. And I sat and I said, well, where do I go from here? And at that point, at this point, as you would know, that might have trade winds, Mexican yes. grill. So which we all love and enjoy. So I have trade winds, Mexican grill with my fiance. And that was building from even before Omar, because the container that it's in had been bought before Omar. So all while I'm going through the progression mm -hmm. with the port and doing all these things, it's like you have this other business that you're dedicating your yes. life to. And I, I got to a point with the port and I was like, well, that was soon coming on stream because it was almost completing construction. And I, we took about two, two and a half years to put that whole thing together. And I was like, well, where do I want to go from mm -hmm. here? And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to government. I don't know, you know, where I do I take that leap? And he's like, at that moment, I'd always said that I would want to know what it is to step out, to step off of that cliff. Mm -hmm. and spread your wings. And I mean, I know it's cliche, but you it's know, very it, important. It, it, for me, it was because I never saw myself as the doing 25 years or the doing the 32 and a third or 33 yeah. and a yes, third. Yes, I, yes. I never saw myself. Waiting for that time. Yeah, and I have my reasons why, you know, and, and one of the things that really kind of was daunting is when people would always ask me, even for the like, you left government, which, you know, I could be honest, hey, you know, I took a leave of absence and I know there'll be soon 
soon we'll be coming to the time I would probably have to indicate to government, listen, this is what... Your interest, yeah. You know, and why I hold on? Because I consider myself to be a patriot in that I believe that our generation run, and I strongly say our generation, going down to even my sister's generation, is that we have a duty to carry on what the forefathers left. But we have a duty not just to carry it on. We have, we have a duty to make it better. Yeah. And that's why I would always leave. It's like, isn't that I, I'm afraid to fully step away, but you always leave that little bit right there because mm-hmm. you always figure that if government ever really needed you or if, if it re- became a situation like it was dire, I believe I would have to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that wholeheartedly in that because at the end of the day, regardless of what we discuss, people sit and they discuss politics and they discuss what interests these politicians have mm-hmm. and all of these things. But if push came to show, I mean, after almost some people left, but there's a lot of us still here and there's yes. a lot of us that we would take vacations and stuff, but this would always be home and someone has to protect that interest. And I believe that if I'm capable, I wouldn't be the answer to all questions. But if you're, you're dealing with media, you would answer that question. If, if I could deal with waste management, if, if, like I said, if it came to the point where we, we had no choice, someone would have to go. And even if it's not as a leadership position, even if it had to be as a consultant, because we have to give back, regardless of what we see going on around us, we all still benefit off of this land. So we have to keep that our minds open, that even though we're tra- traversing our own course, mm-hmm we still need to be able to say, listen, at any given time, it may not be for your whole life, but even if it's just 10 minutes, some people might be six months. If you need to give so that to make sure that all of us can continue to go forward, then that's your civil duty. Absolutely well said. I want to I wanna touch on the transition because in that and your tenure at the government of the Virgin Islands, let's talk about some of the lessons that you learned, even with your expertise mm-hmm. and what really encouragement you would give to others who may be in a similar situation because you would know there are a lot of us, our peers, who are apprehensive about branching out and having the confidence, like you said, to jump jump off the cliff. Speak to that. What I would say is even, it's a lot of things when you you want to decide to leave the service or when you decide that you're going to leave, maybe something short because obviously... You know, for myself, I don't have any kids. And I always acknowledge the fact that when you have a kid and you have someone, especially if, you know, we have a lot of situations where you have single parent homes, you know, you have to know where that sure income is coming from to attend to the needs of your child. And that, that always becomes priority. But outside of that, how I looked at government when I stepped away and what I think other people should look at is the fact that Okay, you come into the service and you work for, I think early retirement again is about 25, 25 years. Yes. You have to look at where you are. You have to look at your skill set and you have to look at, okay, if I need to move up, because there are things that I'm sure everyone wants to do. When I say that, like your life goals, mm-hmm. some people, like I've already gone to school. I don't know if I would even entertain, entertain going, going back, back to school. Yeah. There are some people who would like to cross that bridge. There are others like me now, I would like to become a homeowner. So that comes at a cost and the cost of land is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I ain't afraid to say it. It's, it's true. the truth. And the cost of building as an engineer, I could tell you, is even worse. So when you sit in your position that you are in government, even though it provides a level of comfort, the question you have to ask yourself, these things that you want, when are you going to obtain them? And I, 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 I'll, I'll segue up just a tad and say, 
if you if you think about buying land here and you go through the bank, I think the average land loan is probably like 10 to 15 years or something mm-hmm. like that, give or take. I mean, you go to whoever is interested in buying land would go to their bank and they will inquire. So then if you're paying on it, you, I, I would want to believe you have to reach to a certain amount of payment. So you have to bring down your principal to X amount of money before the bank may entertain giving you mortgage Correct. to build a home. So a mortgage on a home, I think is typically 30, 30 years. years. So if you're following me now, if you, if you paid into it, you took a land loan. At 10, Wait, we're in class guys. Okay. So that's it. <laughs> if you took a land loan roughly at 10 to 15 years and you waited halfway through before you could get a, a mortgage. So that's five years mm-hmm. in. Remember now you, you had to pay a deposit down to buy land. So what I'm basically getting at, like I said, I don't want to make it too, too long so you could lose me, but you have to work in the government service X amount of time to get to be able to save that deposit to buy that piece of land. Everyone would be different on how quick they can yes. save that money. And then you're going to pay on that land for a while. So let's say you may be in a service 10 years before you're even able to start to build a house and then you add a 30 year mortgage. So at what point as a civil servant, would you be able to go home? When I say go home, at what point would you um, to be able to retire? Absolutely understand. So what happens is I find a system, in my opinion, and I, I say humbly, I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody or the politicians or anybody that might be in that situation. But if you had 30 year mortgage on your 10 years of service, you are almost talking about mm-hmm. 40 years mm-hmm. of service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what in, ends up being the case is young people like us coming and we meet someone who is sitting in a position for X amount of time. Speak the truth. And we're waiting to ascend. We're waiting to move up. And this person is like, this well, is not budget. hold on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I have some bills. I mean, I ain't not tell you they Understand have bills. Completely. All of us have bills. Yeah. But, so at the end of the day, now you sit there when you should have already ascended and you maybe sit there on that old regime. And it isn't an old regime in that, that, oh, they're old and we're young. I believe in anything is you, you give your time. Yes. Even as a young person, you give your time. If, if you give four or five years to a post, you allow somebody else to come along and you move on because it's as simple as a room and, and project management. I may come in as a project manager and I may say, I want to paint a room, let's say gray, because it might be easy as a project manager for me to maintain. But, mm-hmm. you know, poor things in like for yourself, you may come in now in media and you want to use a room and you're like, Mark, it's a kind of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perspective change certain things. I think that's what happens now in the service. We, we, we have certain people that have sat there for so long that we don't have that change in perspective. Agreed. So what I would like, what I would like to suggest to persons is that, okay, even if you don't want to walk away from the service because you have that blanket. And I think a lot of people have been coming out, even in like U.S. media mm-hmm. and telling you when you get your own business, don't just walk away from your job because you need that overlap. Yeah. You do. But then you have to ask yourself, if you're not trying to advance yourself, whether you're going to get your own business, you're going to go back to school, you're going to make investments, whatever, whatever your comfort zone is in trying to make that extra dollar. If you're just sitting and waiting, you have to ask yourself, if I'm sitting maybe as like second in line or third in line to a head post, how long realistically do I have to wait? Very true. And you may need to get in that post to get the things that you want done, done. And, and what you have to look at, most of us probably when we do get kids now, they don't want to go to college. So when you add now your kid's student loan, or if you're assisting, like my parents assisted with my rent and stuff, even though I got a college scholarship, scholarship. sorry. So when, if you're not paying your mortgage, you're at the end of your tenure where you should be going home. You're like, okay, well, where my mortgage is now, maybe my retirement money, my social security could mm-hmm. pay that. But then just when you probably think I'm walking out the door, 
background, you get a child and they say, man, daddy, you're going to be a doctor. And you're like, wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Absolutely. Because now a doctor requires how many years of schooling? How can you just walk away from the Absolutely. service? But you're sitting in a position that our other younger person really needs because they need that cash flow. And I'm not trying to make it all about money, but they need that it's supply important. of funding in order now for them to start daily so that they could get the house. They I, could get the I appreciate your honesty. And I hope the gentlemen who are watching are literally taking notes. You're being schooled by one of the best. You, in your in all humility and in articulation and expertise, I must commend you on being one of the most in your field. Congratulations on that and continue the remarkable work. Believe it or not, we're almost out of time. Speak to your company and your project management. It's company. So PMCS, Project Management and Construction Solution, was started by myself. And I get great support from my fiance, Shamar Penn, in everything that I do. I really Good appreciate it. Penn. I really appreciate it. As I mentioned before, we, we have Tradewinds Mexican Grill together. PMCS is my, what I, how to say it? It's like my life's work mm. that I've not yet accomplished. I get if it. you understand, I get it. Yeah, yeah. it is something that I want to become. When you hear about PMCS, it resonates like system engineering. It resonates like BCQS. Right now I focus on project management, which I have different portfolios that I manage. and. Hopefully, you know, we get to the point where we get into probably even more engineering services, adding more. Right now, it's mostly myself that does the work. If I need to do a subcontract okay. or something like that, I will. But I try to, you know, keep it small for now because it's just starting out, trying to get the kinks, lower the ropes, now being on the outside, mm-hmm. lower the ropes. And obviously, you know, you don't want to walk on nobody's toes. I mean, because like, like, I think we were talking, you and I, earlier yeah. about the whole thing about being different. And not all of us doing the same things. So I want to, you know, take my time, find my niche or my corner of the market where I'm comfortable operating. Everyone else who was there before me, they're comfortable operating. And then we could more work together. Yeah. Bosses that I'm trying to compete and against. Which you yeah. have a lot of and it's a part of it. Exactly. So for me, it's something that, you know, it's passionate for me because it's mine. Yeah. You know, it's something that I didn't foresee I would have had already because I always wanted my own consultancy. But I figured... Maybe when I'm about 40, that will come. And it kind of came at a point of, of more need. But I'm glad it, it came. And like I said, I offer project management services. We look at different construction situations. We offer advice for persons who may not show where they want to take their projects or what they want to do. And, and I like that. I like that little corner of the field. I, I harass my sister all the time. She's in school. She's studying civil engineering. Well, she's finished, actually. Okay. So she's working in the U.S. And hopefully when she decides to move it's a team. on. There, Sounds like a would, team right there. They, yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's my hope, you know. And Awesome. You know, one of those things, like I said, as being a young BVI lander, it, it is a risk, but I like it. I get up every day and I go and I appreciate what it is. And your patriotism to country is, there's no denying it. Yes. There is no denying it. Absolutely. Our viewers, that's all the time we have. We're sitting with the talented, and when I say one of the best and brightest, you know exactly what I mean. Marquise Maduro, thank you so much.